You're not guessing. You know what your strengths are, ladies. And if you don't, ask your colleagues who you trust and say, what would you say one of my strengths is? And when they tell you, don't say, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 155 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing pretty awesome. I've actually been doing a stand-up comedy course this week, which has been really exciting and scary at the same time. Um, it's to it's a it's a personal challenge to get myself out of my comfort zone, do something that scares me, so I can build up my own confidence with speaking. Um, I've been doing the course with the School of Hard Knock Knocks here in Melbourne. Um, it's been going since Sunday night. And this Thursday, actually, I will be making my Melbourne stand-up comedy debut performance at our graduation night, which I am terrified for, but, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, You're more than welcome to join. You can come along, have a laugh, maybe see me fall flat on my face. Who knows what will happen? Um, I will put that event link in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash speakup. That's thecmethod.com slash speakup. Um, If you can't make it to come see me and my fellow comedy students um, uh, do our jokes and things, uh, next week I'll be doing a podcast about the course and what I learnt about the art of stand-up comedy. So keep an eye out for that one. I can't promise that this podcast will get funnier, but you, you never know. Okay, let's talk about today's episode. And I'm really, really excited for this one. Last week, I had the pleasure of speaking at a Girl Geek Dinners Melbourne event. I was speaking to an incredibly smart and engaged group of women from all different technical professions, and the workshop was called How to Build Confidence to Speak Up and Succeed at Work. Now, in this podcast, I'm sharing the live recording of the workshop. If you were at that workshop, or maybe you're a colleague of someone who attended and this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the show. So glad to have you joining us. Uh, If you find this podcast valuable, do subscribe and check out some of the other episodes. To make it easier for you, I will link up related podcast episodes to this one in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash speakup. Uh, That link is also in the description of this episode in your podcasting app. So if you click on that, it'll take you straight there. Okay, in this workshop, I cover five big ideas to help you develop a strong success mindset and to understand your value and to communicate more assertively at work so you can feel confident to speak up, go for opportunities, be recognized and move closer towards your career goals. Now, a few notes about this episode. Um, The actual workshop, including Q&A, went for about an hour and a half. But for purposes of this podcast, you know, I don't like to make them too long. I've edited out some of the Q&A and also some of the sections where we did activities because I want to make this easy for you to listen to. Also, please note, I recorded this a workshop with a lapel mic. And when I'm speaking, I do get excited and I raise my voice. So I apologize if it sounds a bit distorted in places. That's um, some of the, the little things you have to deal with when you're recording live. There, I think there's a tiny bit of swearing, but nothing extreme, but want to give you that uh, little warning. 
And finally, this workshop was quite interactive and we had a number of people asking questions, which you can't actually hear in the recording, but I've done my best to add my own commentary in to, to fill you in so that it all makes sense. So hopefully, hopefully um, there's not, nothing lost on you with, with the recording. I wanted to translate really well to the podcast. Okay, enough of me talking. Let's get into it. Here's how to build confidence to speak up and succeed at work. Wow, it's so wonderful to see all your lovely smiling faces here, especially on a Wednesday evening. You could have been at home watching Netflix, but you chose, yeah, someone's nodding, yes. <laughs> I've given up my Stranger Things for you. So look, I really appreciate you being here today. And like you heard Hima say, I, I help professionals to be more confident and effective when it comes to communication and public speaking, especially in the work context. And I'm, I'm so excited to be here today because, especially when Hima told me the, the sort of topic she was hoping that I would talk about, which is how to speak up and, and to succeed at work. And I've spoken to you with a few of you already um, before we started, and it sounds like this is something that you guys really want. Um, how many of you, I want you to have a think, how many of you feel like you just don't have the confidence to say what you're thinking? or to share your idea. You don't have to raise your hand. just want you to think about it. And how many of you, or someone's raising their hand. Yep, that's me. <laughs> and how often do you feel like someone else gets recognition for your ideas? <laughs> well, you had the exact same idea. In fact, it was better than theirs, yet they're the one who stood up and said it, and now they're getting recognized for it. And then they're the ones getting the opportunities to move forward. So some of you may be feeling this way and feeling like that you're not getting recognized for what you can bring. Maybe you feel like you're not being utilized effectively for all the skills that you have, that your work puts you in this little box and that you don't have any influence. You can't build relationships with the decision makers and therefore work your way up, okay? All of these things can result from not feeling that comfort within ourselves to be able to stand up and say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I believe in, and my idea is better than yours. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do today. I've got five big ideas to share with you around how we can start to, not just, not just things to actually do to speak up, but also to shift the way we think about ourselves. Because I believe that, yes, there's techniques and tools and things that we can do, but it all starts from up here. Okay, so I'll be sharing with you some mindset techniques that, that will hopefully help you to get into that right place and then, and then put you in a better position to then go on and take action and achieve those things. Now, I'm also recording this entire presentation. So if you want to recap or maybe you've got a team or people that you feel would also benefit from this presentation but they couldn't be here tonight, then I'll, I'll get Hima to send you all the link to it afterwards, probably in the next week or so, um, and then you can have a listen too. Okay, shall we get into it? Yeah. Yes? Cool. All right, so this, this is, this is, that's not me, by the way, giving the presentation, but um, I, I studied architecture at Melbourne Uni. Any other, any architects here? No, oh, so sad. <laughs> See, no one's an architect anymore, because it's shit. Okay, <laughs> architects, sorry, daughter, there you go. I want to share a bit about my journey so you, so you can understand where I'm coming from with all this. See, I, I wasn't always a, a speaker, a trainer, a coach. Um, I used to be an architect 
And I remember when I was at uni, in architecture school, they always make you present your designs, like every second week. But they don't teach you how to present. They just go, right, you're up, go. And you stand there and you've got an angry looking tutor staring at you, because this is the 20th presentation they've looked at this day. And all the other students are standing like this, they're either hungover or sleep deprived. And you're there with your semester's work on the wall for everyone to see. And it's like your heart like out there to be absolutely destroyed, right? And I used to get so nervous. I remember there was this one day where I sat there and there was a particularly antagonistic tutor who was ripping to shreds some other student's work in front of everyone. It is the worst experience. And I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm, I'm about to go up, right? And I'm going, <laughs> right, I'm hyperventilating. By the time I get up to do my presentation, I'm shaking. And I, I don't even remember what I said. I just got through it. I don't even think it was bad, to be honest, but I was so worked up. As soon as it finished, I just had to run to the bathroom and I just burst into tears because my anxiety had just gotten the better of me and I could not handle it any longer. And at that moment, I thought to myself, you know what? I never want this to happen to me ever again. So I went out and I started researching communication courses. And I found that the faculty of, it was like media and comms, they did a business, com, business communication course. So I enrolled myself in that. And it was there that I learned that public speaking and communication is a skill. It's a skill that you can learn, right? It's just like any other skill. And I, that was a real brainwave. That was a real light bulb moment for me. I thought, you know what, awesome. So I, I really applied it and I applied it to my uni presentations and I saw that it worked. And then from there, when I got a job at a large, large architecture firm, I applied what I'd learned there as well. And I began to see, wow, this actually works. Now fast forward three years and I'm in the Philippines. I'm on a, an exchange with Rotary International and I'm speaking to an audience of 500 business students, graduate business students. And the presentation goes well and we get to the end of, of the talk and it's Q&A. And one girl stands up and she goes, Miss Christina, because they're so polite there, Miss Christina, we see in your bio that you like to sing. <laughs> Can you sing us a song? In Q&A, right? And I'm like, oh my God, like 500 people staring at me to sing a cappella, impromptu, I had no choice. I had to sing. And you know that moment when, like, you have an infinite number of possibilities to choose from and you can't think of one thing? It's like, how many songs are there in the world? And I'm saying, like, I need to think of one song. So I ended up going with, I still call Australia home. <laughs> I got my Qantas on. And uh, look, they loved it, right? I even got, I even got a standing ovation. <laughs> See, they loved it. But look, and I, was, like, I was so proud of myself. And, and I realized in that moment that, you know, confidence and, and being able to speak in these skills, right, it's not something that just happens overnight. It takes practice, but you can absolutely get there. I went from being a crumbling mess in the bathroom, crying over a presentation to 10 people, to being able to sing in front of 500. I'm not even a singer. So there you go. So Brian Tracy, 
He's a Uber sales guy. He says, look, if you're willing to work at it, you can absolutely learn this, okay? So if you're here thinking, yeah, Christina, I'm not a natural speaker. Yeah, Christina, it's all well and good for you. You know, you're not this and I'm that, that, no, no, no. You cannot learn it, absolutely. Um, so I became an architect. And while I did enjoy it, I found myself not enjoying the whole technical aspect of it. I'm a real people person. And, and it was there when I saw that architects are actually terrible at presenting their work. Like I said, they teach you, well, they tell you to present, but they don't teach you how to do it. And a lot of architects have this ego about them. They go, oh, my work should speak for itself. Just read the drawings. <laughs> I'm wearing a black skibby. Like, that's what they're like. And it's like, um, no, if you want to be able to sell your design, your work, to a client, you have to speak their language. You can't just speak design gobbledygook. It doesn't work that way. And so I got frustrated with being in corporate as well. And a few other things uh, sort of got to me. And I was like, you know what? I want to help architects and other professionals to be more effective at communicating at work because I realised that this is not something that affects architects. It affects so many other professions too, and in particular technical professions. Um, so I quit my job and I left the country and started a podcast and, and after that, I, and I've, I've spent the last three years building up a business, um, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, running group training for, for companies and also speaking at conferences to professionals around improving these skills. So whether it's public speaking, workplace communication, customer service, um, anything to do with building relationships and you know, building your confidence to then succeed, that's what I'm all about. That's my thing. And it's awesome. I love it. Um, I mentioned the podcast before. This is being recorded for. This is the podcast. Um, stand out, get noticed. If you find today useful, there are so, I cover so many um, other topics and in depth too in this podcast. And in fact, to make it easy for you, in each of the main ideas I'm talking about, I've referenced a podcast that you can go to which will actually give you more detail on that because there's like 154 episodes I released today. We're almost at half a million downloads, which is really exciting. So if you all go and subscribe, <laughs> it'll help us get there. It'll help us get there. So yes, do subscribe if you do find, if you find this session useful. Okay, let's get into it. So I've got five big ideas for you today. And I don't want you to feel overwhelmed with all these things you have to learn and take in. If you just implement one thing from today, one thing, and you implement that and you practice that and you practice that, it's gonna help you to, it's gonna help you to build your confidence and be able to speak up, okay? You don't have to implement all of these things, just one. And then once that one thing becomes natural, once it feels like you're comfortable with it, then implement the next thing, okay? That's how I've, that's how I've grown and, and learned. So I, I feel like that's the best way. Okay. I want you to ask yourself this question. How do I see myself? Now, this is a question around identity. Like I said before, I want to start up here because the way we see ourselves up here will influence the way that we act and it influences the way other people see us as well, okay? So I'll give you an example. If you see yourself as a certain, in a certain, in a certain way, for example, oh, I'm a graduate, I'm new, right? I'm a, I'm a graduate, that's an identity. Um, I'm a woman. I am a mother. 
I'm a friend, I'm a dancer, I am a morning person, right? Think of all of these things that you identify as on a daily basis. And this will, you'll have many different identities, whether it's at work, at home, with your friends. You know, I'm the joker, I'm the quiet one, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thinker, all of these things, right? And when we identify as these things, that's how we tend to live our life, okay? For example, if you identify as a fit and healthy person, it's going to be very easy for you to get up in the morning and go for a run. Or it's easy for you to choose the healthy option on a menu because you identify as a healthy, fit person. Or a morning person, for example. Has anyone, has anyone here see themselves as not being a morning person? Some hands go straight up, not a morning person. Which is why I'm here, I'm an evening person, I love it. If you say to someone, right, if you say to someone who does not see themselves as a morning person, if you say, hey, let's get up early and go for a run, what's their first response? I'm not a morning person, right? So do you think that that person is ever, if they want to then get fit and healthy, if they don't define themselves or see themselves as a morning person, is it going to be hard for them to then get up in early in the morning? Absolutely. It's so hard, right? Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Not a morning person, right? Oh, couldn't possibly eat that. I'm not. I'm not a health. I'm not a health health foods person, right? I don't eat. I don't eat rabbit food, right? My dad says that all the time. I don't eat rabbit food. Now, this can be. So we have all these identities, but this can actually be an issue if it holds us back from achieving what we want, right? The healthy person example, if they want to become fit and healthy, but they don't see themselves as someone who gets up early to exercise, it's going to be very difficult for them to then take that action. Okay? And similarly, if you see yourself at work as someone who does not speak up, if you see yourself as, oh, I'm, I'm the new girl, or I'm, I'm not one who says my ideas, or I'm the one who just sits back and does my work, if you're in that mindset of identifying that way, do you think it's going to be easy for you then to then take that next step? No. So what I'd like you to do... Oh, so this is the podcast as well, cmethod.com slash identity. I've got like three podcasts on it. They're very recent. So if you go to the podcast page, they're all there. Um, so powerful, guys. This is absolutely powerful. So I want you to think about how do you currently see yourself? Maybe you, you see yourself as, I'm, look, I'm just not a confident person. I'm not a natural speaker or uh, I'm, not, I'm not a leader. I'm not a natural leader. Or maybe, oh, I'm, I'm female, therefore. You know, think of the, the excuses that you, you find yourself making or the, the stories you tell yourself based on your identity. I don't have that experience, therefore I can't possibly go for that opportunity. I'm a woman, therefore I can't do this because there's so many men here. English is my second language, therefore it means that uh, I'm going to say something the wrong way or it means I'm slower to speak, so I'll just let other people do it. What are those things that are potentially holding you back? Do you all have like pens and paper? I didn't really give anyone forewarning. Get your phone out, open your notes <laughs> and we're going to take a few, we're going to take a couple minutes and I'd like you to write down, how do you see yourself at work? What is the language that you use when you talk about yourself? 
I was speaking to someone before and she said that she used to talk about herself as, oh, I'm just a little Asian girl. Oh, I'm just a little Asian woman. I was working with a client um, the other, I was, so I'm working with one client at the moment and she's getting all these speaking gigs coming to her because she's seen as, a, as a, an influencer in her industry. So she's got people approaching her and we're working on her speaking and she's standing there, she's not very confident. And I said, do you see yourself as a speaker? She said, no. I said, if you, well, if you don't see yourself as a speaker, how can you expect other people to treat you like a speaker? How can you expect to stand on stage and feel confident as a speaker if you don't see yourself as being there yet? She was like, okay. So I got her to write down affirmations. I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. And just repeat that to herself over and over. So take a moment. Write down a couple of things that you see yourself as that might be holding you back. And then think about how can you adopt a new identity that will serve you, okay? For example, I am a confident person. Think about a time in your life when or in a situation where you are confident. Maybe you're confident around your friends or around your family. You are already a confident person. I'm sure you already have led people. I'm sure you've been on projects where you've helped people through. That is leading. You don't have to lead a huge team to be seen as a leader, okay? If you're a manager, maybe, maybe you've just been promoted recently and you don't quite see yourself as that level yet, then that can hold you back from them behaving as that, that person in that role. And if you are concerned about being, I don't know, inexperienced or, oh, I'm a techie and techie people don't do this, or, oh, English is my second language, Define yourself instead as something that's more useful. So, look, I'm not inexperienced. I'm young and energetic. Yeah? I have fresh new ideas. You old farts, you don't know anything. I've got cool new ideas, right? That's what being young, some might see it as inexperienced, but you can see it as I'm, I'm young and I've got cool ideas. I've got new ideas. So does everyone, has everyone written down a couple of things? that they can adopt. You know, I used to have this thing where, so my own coach helped me through this. She said to me, do you see yourself as a, as a speaker? Because I've been wanting to get more speaking gigs, like speaking at big conferences. That's my goal to do more of those. And she said, do you see yourself as a professional speaker who can command high fees? And I said, ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I see myself as a speaker, but I don't see myself as like a pro, pro speaker. She's like, well, I think you need to change your identity. And I realized that I don't need to be making those massive high fees first before I can identify as that. Does that make sense? So you may not be, let's say, for example, a manager yet. Let's say you want to get to manager or director or whatever. If you want to get there, you can't wait until you become director until before until you see yourself as a director. Does that make sense? If you're here, you want to get to there, you've got to see yourself as being this director first. And then when, then when you do that, when your mind's there, you'll start acting like a director acts. And then other people will start treating you like they would treat a director because you're acting that way. And then they'll see you and then they'll see your potential and they'll say, oh, hey, um, Sarah, I'm making a name. Um, 
well, who should we promote or who should we, oh, wow, Sarah seems like she could really handle it. I reckon we should offer that to her because you're already acting in that, that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, so whatever you want to be, whatever you want to be, adopt that identity and then say goodbye to your old identity, okay? And do what you need to do. Something you can do is write down affirmations. Affirmations are powerful. Every morning, get out a notebook and write out three things, like write out that new identity. I am, not I want to be or I'm going to be, I am. I am this, I am that, I am blah, blah, blah. And then as you start, as your mind starts to believe it, you will then start to act like that, okay? All right, this language one is huge. My second big idea. You know, I was at a networking event once and I was speaking to this woman and she was telling me how much she loved her job. She was like, oh, I've been there for 10 years, love it. My husband's asked me to leave and join his business, but I don't want to, I love my job. I said, oh, so what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm just a PA. And I was like, what do you mean you're just a PA? Um, you make the bosses look good. If it wasn't for you, they'd be nothing. She goes, yeah, I guess you're right. And it confused me because this woman had told me how much she loved her job, yet she used the word, oh, I'm just a, as if to say my position's not important. It's not worthy. Has anyone else, anyone else caught themselves using language like this? Oh, I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm just, just, um, just part of the team, or I've, I've just, I'm just new here. Um, I've just been working for, oh, just only about a year. Um, oh, or even presenting something to someone. Oh, so it's just, um, it's just a little thing that I did that I just wanted to. Just, I've just got a little idea. Just the word, like little, just, only. Oh, maybe you know, I was talking to someone before, and they were saying how it's like you're apologising for simply being, instead of I am, I am a programmer, I am a junior programmer, whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with being a junior programmer, right? Instead of, oh, I'm just, just a junior, just a junior, I'm just new or whatever. Oh, I've, I've just been promoted, so I'm just new, so like, don't judge me too harshly. <laughs> when, we, when we use language like this, it's like we are apologising for taking up space. We're apologising for being, for, for being, for who we are. Apologising for ideas, for our ideas. And we think that by using this language, then maybe if our idea is wrong or it's not well received, then, oh, then it means that we're safe. Because, oh, it was only just a little idea. Oh, you don't like it? Okay, that's fine. It was just a little idea anyway. As opposed to if you say, oh, I have this idea and it gets rejected, then it's like, oh, my big idea got rejected and it's heartbreaking. But if it's just a little idea, then it's okay. No, don't nod. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. All right? So something to be aware of. I want you to be aware of the language you use when you are talking about yourself and what you do and also in the language you use when you talk about your ideas. Okay? Even when you approach someone, um, so I just had a question. I have a question. We talk about having gravitas and weight to what we're saying, right? It's only a little, here we go, a little, it's a small adjustment, right? Um, so I just have a little question as opposed to, I have a question. Can you see the difference? 
It's a small adjustment and you can start to make this straight away. All right, we're going to pair up. Pair up with someone next to you, someone you like the look of, someone who has a nice smile. <laughs> and I'd like you to introduce yourself to them if you haven't met them yet. And we're going to practice speaking with assertive language that does not apologize for who we are. I'd like you to say three things. I am a, whatever that is. It could be a, a, your role or it could be something else. I, you know, I am a stargazer. I don't know. Whatever you want to say. But we were context because that's why we're here, right? I am a, I've had this role for how long? And one of my strengths is this. Okay. Give me examples of what I don't want to hear. I'm just a, what else? I'm only a little, what else? Sorry? I don't have any strength. Smack for you. Smack for you. I don't have any strength. Oh my God. I'm like, if I'm just going to talk about myself, they're going to hate me. All right. I don't want anyone saying I don't have any strength. Same with, same with, I guess. That's another one. Uh, I guess I've just had this role for, uh, I guess it's, a, I guess one of my strengths is no. You're not guessing. You know what your strengths are, ladies. And if you don't, ask your colleagues close to you. Ask your colleagues who you trust and say, what would you say one of my strengths is? And when they tell you, don't say, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> another one. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's not me. Own it, ladies. Own it. If someone says to you, you know what, you're really good at this, you say, thank you. <laughs> Can we all say that together? Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and then no, don't follow up with, oh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's also the team, it's not, it's not just me, it's blah, blah, blah. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. You can say, yeah, you're right, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I already knew that. Next one. <laughs> right? There is nothing wrong with simply saying thank you. And again, not apologizing for being there or apologizing for having that strength. Okay? You all have strengths. Absolutely. So, I am a. I have had this role for, and one of my strengths is this. And something else to look out for. I don't want, I don't want to see anyone like giggle a little bit. <laughs> when they say what their strength is. So I'm really good at programming. <laughs> Gravitas and weight. Yes, question? Hey guys, Christina here to fill you in on yes. some of the questions that people are asking. So here, someone asked the question, how do you interrupt someone when they're speaking without being rude or hesitant? Here's my response. One, one thing that works really well is, can I pause you there? Because you're not telling them, stop, I'm interrupting. You're suggesting that, hang on, you'll get a chance to keep going. But I'm just, it's just pausing, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, just, it's just a pause. Look, even I do it. It happens. It's a pause. <laughs> so what you can practice doing is if someone's saying, if someone's talking, you say, and not, can I just pause you? Can I pause you there? Can I pause you there for a moment? That's okay. And say it with the downward inflection. Not, can I pause you there? <laughs> Which is like, it's like actually asking, can I pause, oh my God, can I pause you? 
am I allowed to pause you there? It's like, can I pause you there? In fact, don't even make it a question. You're making it sound like a question, but it's actually not a question. You're saying, I'm pausing you, right? <laughs> so can I pause you there? And if you say it with that assertiveness in your voice, a downward inflection, right, it adds more gravitas to it. It adds more weight to it. People go, oh, shit, okay, yeah, yes, I can pause. Yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. Does that help? Okay, this next question was, what if someone continues to interrupt you? Do you mirror their behavior and interrupt back? This was an excellent question. Here's the discussion that followed. In that, since, in that situation, I would say two negatives don't make a positive. <laughs> because then you have two people interrupting each other and people who like to talk usually are talking because they want to be heard and they feel this need to, right? If they keep doing it, then you can be really firm and say, look, I'd really appreciate it if you could let me speak. And a lot of this comes down to saying it with that, with that authority. It's in the tone that you use, okay? And getting rid of that, that fluffy language. And as women, I'm, I do it too. As women, we tend to want to soften everything. Oh, so I just want to, can we just, um, so I was hoping that maybe this. We add in all these little fluffy words. And a lot of men, especially men in, say, a technical profession, they get straight to the point. There's no fluff. They don't believe in small talk. They just walk up. It's all logic. It's all task-focused. They walk up to you on a Monday morning. There's no hello, how was your weekend? It's just, hey, did you get that report done? And you go, don't you even care about me? And, <laughs> but it happens. But it's different how people communicate. I was then asked... What if I'm the kind of person who speaks very directly? I don't want to come across as rude. Well, that's the thing. Well, here's the thing, right? If you are a very direct person, if you're the one who's very to the point and you're working with colleagues or team members who are a bit more fluffy or they like making small talk or they, they're, they're less direct, then you can also change up your the way that you communicate to be a bit less direct. So ask them, hey, how's your day going? even though it's killing you inside. You're like, I really don't care how your day's going. But hey, how's your day going? So I was just wondering. So you can actually soften your language. You can bring the just in and all of that if you're looking to soften it. So I'm just wondering, um, we, we talked about that thing yesterday. Is, is there, do you have a, an idea of when that might be ready? Like, do you need some help with that? You know, if people, if people speak like that and you want to get along well with them, then you need to adjust your language to that way, right? So it works both ways. Absolutely. Oh, okay, the exercise. We totally didn't even get to that. Okay. Oh, my goodness. How long do we have? Is everyone still good? Are we good? Yeah? Okay. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to practice saying out loud, I am a, I have had this role for however long, and one of my strengths is without the fluffy language or the apologies. Yeah? All right. You've got... 30 seconds. Go. Turn the person next to you. Okay, this was one of the activities we did. Everyone practiced their direct language with a partner. And now, this is something you can try too with a colleague or friend. Practice talking about yourself with strong, assertive language without hesitation. Okay, feedback on the other person. So, so for, for the person who... The, so, did, how did your partner go? Who was able to do it without any fluffy words? Straight away. Yeah. Who accidentally let one or two slip in? Oh, did the other person pick up on it? No? 
see, it's so insidious. It just creeps in, okay? We're going to try it one more time, all right? And this time, for the people who were able to do it the first time round, I want you to now focus on your tone. So instead of saying, I've had this role for mm, a year, right? I've had this role for a year. Don't hesitate. Don't question yourself. Don't look up and go, mm, have I? <laughs> Am I a software developer? <laughs> no, I'm a software developer. So this is something, you, it's very simple. You can take this into your, into your work life when or if, you're, if you meet someone new at a party, social situation. So what do you do? You can use this straight away. This is what I do. As they're asking you questions, oh, tell me more about your role. Oh, how long have you been doing that? Practice answering with that certainty in your voice without the fluffy language. Can we all do that? Yes? Yes? Yes. yes. Excellent. All right. Let's move on to big idea number three. I think you brought this up before. And you were correct in saying that a, a large proportion of, of how we communicate is actually not conveyed through the words that we use. It's Who's heard the stat that it's 55% body language who has heard this one? Okay, so in, with every message that we, that we convey, only 7% of it is the words that we use. 55% is nonverbal. So that is the way our body looks when we're saying it. And then the 30 rest of it is tone. I'm not, I didn't do maths. I didn't okay. And the rest of it is tone. So the way that it sounds when it's coming out. Okay. So oftentimes, if we want to have presence or be taken seriously, a lot of it can come down to the way that we communicate non-verbally. Do, do you know someone, maybe it's a, a colleague or a boss or someone, when they just walk into the room, People just shut up and they just they stop talking and they listen. And that person hasn't even said anything yet. That could be the dumbest person on the planet. But the way they hold themselves says that they are. And what is that? It's our nonverbals. And it's very, it's actually easy to do. This is something that we can do. And if this is something that you're looking, if you want to you know, have more impact in the workplace, if you want to get the attention of the movers and shakers and be taken seriously in your role, then again, it comes back to that identity. You need to start acting like that person up there. If that's where you want to go, you've got to start acting the way that that person would act. And a lot of it comes through the way we present ourselves. Question? That's a great question. Did everyone hear that? Yep, how do we do it in a way that's not fearful or intimidating? There are different types of body language. There's, the, there's like the power stance and the very closed body language, which is this, right, which is I'm making myself bigger than I actually am. There's pointing like this, do this, do that, right? And that's a very aggressive um, director, director type um, body language to use, right? Arms like this. You know, men tend to do the thing like puff themselves up, look really big, okay? Now, there's a difference between that and then also being open, all right? So there's, there's closed body language and then there's the open body language. But being open doesn't necessarily mean that you are a pushover. You can still be, still stand confident and strong and be like, hey, everyone. You know, you can have a smile on your face, 
right? You can have a genuine smile on your face and, and a glint in your eye that, that tells people, you know, I, I, we're all in this together and I'm here to, to help. I'm not here to tell you what to do, okay? So we're all going to practice this, um, hang on, in a moment. But I want to firstly demonstrate just how subtle the difference can be. I want you to picture a rocket. Can you tell I used to be an architect? I'm really good. Do they even have doors? I don't know. There's a door. When they program like a rocket and they put in the, they put in the coordinates, it, it's set to go in a certain, a certain project, projection, right? If they get those coordinates just like 2% off, so let's say 2%, and it doesn't seem like much at the start, but it, over time, it ends up going a completely different project, trajectory. It's a big word, trajectory. And it's very similar in the way that we present ourselves, okay? I'm not asking you to walk around like this. It's not, it's not a massive change, but the difference can be just two centimetres. You can see just, I did it again. So I want everyone to stand up. Actually, I don't know if you all can see me at the back there. I don't think these chairs are very... All right. So can you see here, if I just do, if I just sort of hunch myself over a little bit, you know, it's only a little difference. If I walk around like this, I don't look like the most confident person on the planet. I don't look like I really deserve to, you know, have a say if I'm walking around like this. But that, it's a very subtle difference. You see that? It's not huge. It's just from here to here. And it's that two centimetres, that 2%, that can make all the difference. Can you imagine if I'd walked, if I'd walked in here today like this? Hey guys, so I'm going to talk about um, confidence today. <laughs> you should listen to me. I know things. <laughs> right? Or this. Hey everyone, you see the difference that makes? So I'd like you all to do this. Put your hand sort of here, like underneath your sternum, and just, and just come forward just a little bit. So your shoulders come forward, not a whole lot, but just shoulders come over. This might be how you're at your desk. Most of the day, yeah, you're probably like always in this, I don't know, maybe you're naturally just stuck there, right? And then I want you to just two centimetres, that's it. You all grew like a foot. One more time, we come down a little bit. Oh, sad girl geeks. You're all really sad. All right, now come back up again. Can you feel that difference? And we're not, we're not being ballerinas and being like, hey, we're actually, it's just that tiny little difference, okay? This is where we are allowed to say tiny little because it is. It's a tiny little thing, but it does make a huge impact in the end. So I want you to practice holding yourself like this. In a meeting, if you're sitting down, maybe when you're in a meeting you're used to crossing your legs and hunching over, okay? Look at how, again, the identity thing. Someone who is in a management or director level, someone who has that authority in the workplace, I bet they're not sitting like this, all right? And you don't have to be all like, like we don't, we're not, we're not. Have, we still want to be true to who we are, right? And you can still be a strong, confident woman without having to, do, without having to do this, right? And we just sit, we just have our shoulders all the way back, but just straight, okay? And then when we walk around, we walk around like this. We walk with purpose, and when we stop and we stand, we stand with purpose. What are your feet doing right now? Are they directly under you? 
Some of you might find yourself crossing your legs over. Maybe not now, but I had a client who would do these ones all the time. And I'd be like, I could literally push you over right now. Like, and I would push her and she'd fall over because she's, st she's standing on her heel, like rocking back and forth. And if you look like, you, if this is a default position for you, like hands behind your back, rocking on your feet, if you look like you can physically be pushed over, then people will verbally try and push you over. But if you're standing with your feet, and again, it's not these ones, but if you're standing with your feet underneath your hips, and I want you to actually squeeze your, your butt and your thighs for me. Just squeeze them. No one can tell you're doing it. Yep. <laughs> We're toning up, ladies. This will, if you can squeeze your legs, this will help ground you. And none of this hip, I don't want any hip leaning, all right? Straight. So this is something else that I want you to be aware of. When you're standing in the workplace, and you're like this, sort of looking unstable, are you, or are you standing strong? Because you are strong, and you need to show that to other people, okay? We then moved on to big idea number four. Ask, what's the worst that could happen? When something comes up at work, I know that th I was the same. I was exactly the same. The initial reaction is, oh, oh no, I couldn't possibly do that. I, I, I don't have experience. I don't, and we make up these excuses and these reasons in our head as to why we can't do something. And I remember when I was a grad. I wasn't just a grad. I was a grad at at this large architecture firm. I was all bright-eyed and excited to be there and I got involved in everything and I was in the social club and I got involved with this and that. And I was part of this committee and we had, and I was the youngest person on the committee, and I remember there was one point where the new CEO of the company had wanted someone from each committee to present to him and the other directors in the boardroom about that committee because he wanted to learn all about what's going on. And the chair of our committee announced this to the group. He said, guys, we're going to have to send someone to present to the new CEO and the board. And everyone went, mm -mm, mm -mm, them, them, not me, not me, not me. No one wanted to do it. No one. And I sat there thinking, oh, man, this would be a great opportunity. You know, I'm a grad. It'd be cool. What an opportunity to get to present to the, to the CEO. Hi. And, and then my little inner voice kicked in and said, Christina, you're not ready yet. You're just a grad. <laughs> They're not going to send a grad to represent a committee to present to the CEO. They're not going to send a grad. So after getting initially excited about it, I thought, oh, you know, it's probably not going to happen. And then I went home and I mulled on it and I thought about it. And then I thought to myself, well, what's the worst that could happen? If I go up and I approach the, the chair of the committee and I say, hey, I'm happy to do this, what's the worst that could happen? He'll probably say no. He might say, look, the worst that he could say is, no, you're a grad, you're just a grad, I don't know, whoever, whatever. You're a grad, we want to send someone more experienced. And then I'd be like, okay, well, that's fine. I understand that. The worst I can say is no. So the next day I went up to the chair of the committee and I said, I said, so, um, so I just wanted to <laughs> say, um, you know, if no one else wants to do that presentation to the board, you know, like I'm, I'm happy to put my name forward. And he looks at me with relief in his eyes and he says, oh, thank God. <laughs> no one else wanted to do it. 
so glad that you volunteered. No one wanted to do it, even all the senior people. And I was like, oh my God, awesome. So I got the gig and I got this opportunity. When I initially thought, oh, you know what, they're probably not going to want to send me. When in fact, no one else wanted to do it. Everyone else is terrified. So then, so I went in, they helped me prepare for it. I went in and here's me, this like 24-year-old grad, me like, ah, hi, presenting to like 10 male directors who are all like 60 plus, like in this dark boardroom. And I'm like, that's what we're doing. I thought, this is great. And, and it went well. And after that, after that day, I, I truly believe that in, it was a company of 120 people. I truly believe that having that visibility in that moment helped in my career progression in that I was given amazing jobs to work on. I never had to do toilet details ever, which is what a lot of architects have to do. And when I actually quit, the CEO came to me and he said, we don't want you to leave. Please stay. We'll create a position for you. We'll do something for you. And I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> no, uh, too little, too late, buddy. And I left. But being able to put yourself out there, you never know where these opportunities will take you. So don't wait, you know, until you're ready, which is actually my next point. But asking yourself, what is the worst that could happen, really? And if it's simply it's a, a no, then so what? Okay? And it's a, it's a learning opportunity as well. Okay, the final thing. All right, so I mentioned this before. <laughs> Who has ever said to themselves, oh, I'm not ready yet? Who's had anyone say to them, you're not ready yet? Ah, oh, man, it makes me mad. Because men, men go for things when they're not even ready, when they're actually not ready, right? It's a known thing. Like, pardon? Oh, so what does ready, exactly what does ready even mean? Well, are you undercooked? You're, you're too fresh. No. So like, it's been, so, I've, so it's, it's known that when it comes to like a job application, a man will look at a job application and if they have like one of the skills, they'll go, oh, I could do that. And then they apply. And then a woman, like they'll go, I'll just figure it out later. But then uh, as women, we'll look at it and go, okay, I can do that, 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 that. Oh, but I can't do that. Better not apply. I'm not ready. Right? I'm going to work really hard on that one thing until I'm ready and then I'll go for it. But then by the time you're ready, it's already gone to the dude, right? <laughs> so men are doing that thing right where they're just, they're just like, whatever, I'll just go for it, okay? And, for, and, and I know that we, we want to feel ready. We want to feel 100% confident that we can do it because there is this, we have this fear of, oh, what if I don't do it properly? Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up. I'm going to look bad. But then by that time, the, but then by the time we are ready, the opportunity is already passed. Okay. Um, Zig Ziglar once said, "You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great." I started podcasting in 2013. Do you think my po first podcast was any good? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, sharks. No, it was not good. It was not good. And I wasn't good at podcasting before I started. I had to learn those things. And it's been almost four years now 
and I'm still, there are still things that I'm learning and there's still elements where I get nervous and I listen back and I cringe and I go, oh, did I say that? I sound like an idiot. So you've got to get started. The reason why that address there is thecmethod.com slash busk is because I discovered this lesson for myself a couple of years back before I had a Lego haircut. This is when I had long hair. Um, I remember I was, so I was, I was walking down Ligon Street and there was this old man busking on, on the street and he had a mic with a really crappy little speaker and he was singing Unchained Melody. He was horrible. <laughs> he was the worst singer I've ever heard. Yet there he was singing on the street. And I thought to myself, if this guy, who is tone deaf and hopeless, can get out on the street and sing, surely I can do that. How hard could it be? I thought, I sang choir in high school. I got a ukulele for Christmas. How hard could it be? So the next day I went out and I got a busking license because you need a busking license to bus. They're very selective in Melbourne, clearly. <laughs> I need a license to busk. So I went out and I got it. And then as soon as I got it, and I told all my friends, I said, hey guys, I'm going to go busking. And they all loved it. Up until that point, they had no care whatsoever as to my, my business and all of that. They're like, eh, whatever. But all oh, busking, Christina, we want to see her go busking and make an embarrassment of herself. So I told everyone. And as soon as I got the license, this, my initial enthusiasm just dropped like a stone because my fear of being publicly humiliated kicked in. And I had this little voice in my head, again, that little voice, telling me, Christina, you haven't learned enough songs yet. Christina, you need more practice. Christina, you're not good enough. And I thought I needed to learn all these songs. I thought I needed a perfect repertoire of songs to go out bask. You know how long it took me to actually go busking? Six months. Six months. Like, I decided to busk. I got, out, I got the license the day after that decision. And then it took me six months to actually do the thing. Because I was just procrastinating and procrastinating about, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Until one day, I just had to bite the bullet and tell everyone, guys, this Saturday, going busking. It's happening. And I had to get myself down there. Was my repertoire perfect? Nope. Did I forget half of the chords of the songs and mess up? Absolutely. I set myself up down at DeGrave Street. You know DeGrave Street? I was like the smallest laneway possible because <laughs> I do not want to be seen. Again, like, oh, if I just make a little mistake, it'll be little and you won't be able to hear it as much, yeah? That's why I didn't want amplification. So, oh, it's a small mistake. So I sat myself up there and I started to play. And I waited for people to walk past and give me these snide looks or be like, oh, she's shit, or like throw things at me and go, <laughs> go home. But it didn't happen. In fact, it was the opposite. People walked past and they would give me a thumbs up, they'd give me a smile, or they'd go, oh, five, I love five memories. Because I was playing like, I was playing like 90s pop, <laughs> which I, I thought was great. Blast from the past. And as I was there playing and messing up, which I would just start again, I realized that all of these fears that were in my head were just made up. It was all 
It was all here. And this thing that I'd been so terrified of doing, this thing that I'd been putting off for six months, was really nothing to be afraid of at all. So I want you to have a think about what is something, maybe it's an opportunity, maybe it's an initiative you've been looking to start, maybe a different job you're looking to get, maybe you're looking to change careers, I don't know. Something that you're looking to do but you don't feel that you're ready yet. Know that when are you actually going to be ready? What's it going to take for you to be ready? In fact, you're probably ready enough right now. So don't let those little voices in your head or even other people around you tell you that you're not ready. Awesome. Okay, so those are the big ideas that we covered today. You guys have been amazing and I hope that you can take away one thing. So like I said at the start, I don't want you to try and implement all of these things at once. I want you to pick one thing. Maybe you work on how you hold yourself. Maybe you pay more attention to your language. And maybe you can help each other. If you've got teams, maybe they're here tonight, maybe they're not, you can go to them and say, hey, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to call each other out on the language, the fluffy language that we use with each other. Yeah? Or we're going to, we're going to help each other in politely interrupting. Whatever that thing is that you want to practice and improve upon, you can absolutely do that. But it does take time and it will, it will feel unnatural at the start. But if you continue to practice it and put these things into place and keep going and do it over and over and over again, it will start to feel natural. And then that's where the magic really happens. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. That, that brings us to the end of... Big thanks again to Girl Geek Dinners Melbourne for having me speak. I had so much fun and from the audience's response, it seemed like they got a lot out of it too. If you found this content valuable and you would like to give your team the opportunity to further develop their confidence and skills in this area, then I would be so happy to speak with you about potentially running a small group workshop or group coaching programs for you and your team. Or if you want to learn more about my one-to-one coaching programs, contact me to book in a discovery session. You can email me cc at thecmethod.com. Don't forget the the, cc at thecmethod.com or contact me on my website at thecmethod.com. In my experience, building confidence and strong communication skills, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen with one workshop. You know, it takes time to develop. And that's why I've developed coaching programs and ongoing support and development. You know, it's so important for making these skills stick. Okay, make sure you visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash speak up. If you want additional resources as well, I'll link up all the related podcasts that I mentioned in this episode at the show notes. The slides are also available at the show notes with the audio layered on top if you want to see the version with the slides too. Okay, I think that's it. Thank you so much for for listening and for spending some time with me today and for sticking around. I know this was a slightly longer episode than usual. If you are a new listener, I hope that you, you stay on and join us for next week's episode. And if you're a regular listener, you rock. Thank you so much for your continued support. 
keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.